Hey, what's up? Hello, everybody. Welcome back to In the Room, a wrestling podcast from the Des Moines Register. Cody Goodwin here, the Register's wrestling writer, and I'm glad you are here too. Happy Thursday, July 29th, one day closer to the start of the Olympic wrestling competition. Uh, Begins Saturday night, guys, which is also Sunday morning in Japan. Going to run all weekend and all of next week at the Olympics. Going to be exciting, exhilarating, and an emotional roller coaster, just like the World Championships are every year, but with a greater emphasis because, hey, it's the Olympics, right? Yesterday's show, we had a press conference with the men's freestyle Olympic team. Today, a press conference featuring the U.S. women's freestyle team. And guys, this squad is stacked. 50 kilograms, Sarah Hildebrandt, um, past world silver medalist. Uh, 53 kilograms, Jakara Winchester, defending world champ. Uh, 57 kilograms, Helen Maroulis, the defending Olympic gold medalist. 62 kilograms, Kayla Miracle, multiple-time age-level world medalist um, on her second uh, senior-level world or Olympic team. At 68 kilograms, Tamara Mensah-Stock, another defending world champ. And 76 kilograms, Adeline Gray, two-time Olympian and a five-time world champion. Just like the guys, all six women did a Zoom interview with USA Wrestling and select members of the media ahead of the wrestling competition in Tokyo. They talked about all sorts of things like team chemistry, the growth of girls and women's wrestling in the United States and around the world, uh, what it means to be you know chasing their goals individually as well as collectively, uh, running down Japan, who's been kind of the the women's wrestling team power um, since women's wrestling joined the Olympics and and really just at the world level consistently. All sorts of fun conversation from the girls, and you can really tell throughout the conversation um, lots of great team chemistry between the wrestlers as well. It was a great time. Um, Turned it into a podcast here for you guys today. A couple of warnings again before we get started. Um, We are dealing again with international internet connections, so there are a few moments where the Zoom audio gets a little wonky. Um, And two, all six of the women were literally sitting in the same room together just like the guys were so sometimes you'll hear them pass the computer around as the reporters ask questions also near the end uh, USA Wrestling head women's freestyle coach Terry Steiner talks a little bit about the team dynamic what he expects from the team in Tokyo and a couple other things as well Um, the connection for Terry is a little rough there but if you can make out what he says you'll hear some pretty good stuff that's what's on tap today let's cue up that intro music and we'll hop to it I appreciate you guys tuning in today and I hope you enjoy Chris Cooley. I, I don't know how to say your last name. Sorry, Chris. But <laughs> question That's okay. Here. It's Cootie Alice. Right. Hi, Sarah. Hi. 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 There you are. From the uh, South Bend Tribune, first of all, congratulations on your accomplishment. I was just curious how the uh, start to your Olympic journey, I guess, in Tokyo has been so far um, with all the COVID restrictions in place. Um, have the just curious, like, what kind of measures you guys are having to take that might be different from usual compared to your previous experience at the World Championships and Pan Am Games? Okay, um, we're testing every day, so that's obviously something that's different. So we start the morning um, just going down, getting tested, and filling out symptom surveys. Um, but for the most part, I feel like I'm in my element, normal, just training and then going back to the hotel, recovering. And that's kind of what I, how I like to train anyway. So it doesn't feel different in that aspect. 
Um, so yeah, it's good. We have like amazing accommodations. Um, sorry. And uh, we have amazing accommodations. I just, you know, the city has been so welcoming and so hospitable. So uh, feeling super grateful in that aspect. Hi, Helen, my name's Zach. Uh, I'm from the Daily Collegian. Um, my question is, uh, how much do these Olympics mean to you, given the possible impact that these games can have on the growth of women's wrestling? Yeah, um, well, first of all, I really like your hat. <laughs> and, uh, um, but yeah, no, the Olympic Games has been huge, and especially for the sport of women's wrestling. Uh, women's wrestling debuted in 2004, and if you just look at the, um, the what is it, the numbers and growth for women in the sport, it's just grown tremendously. So, and in the 20 years that I've been in the sport, uh, it's just jump leaps and bounds. So, uh, especially with the team that we have and the amount of medals I think that we're going to bring home, I think this is gonna be really big for uh, America women's wrestling and hopefully globally as well. Okay, we'll move on to Jason Knapp who also would like to talk with Helen. Hey, Helen, good to see you. Hey, uh, I know you've gone through so much you've talked about in this Olympic cycle, but the knee thing going into trial certainly was an added wrinkle. How are you feeling coming after that and going to Poland? Was that just kind of getting the kinks out? I know that didn't go the way you wanted, but do you still feel confident coming off that to, to get where you want to be? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I think, you know, I guess one of the things I feel very blessed is that I've, I've been down this journey before. And so I just know that, uh, sometimes it might not always look like it's going the way you want, but that doesn't mean that that's what the results are going to be. And so, um, injuring my knee, coming back. I went to Poland knowing that I wasn't 100%, but just being willing to put myself out there because I wanted to uh, see where I stood and what I need to work on. And honestly, that tournament showed me so much and it's helped me make so many adjustments. And so I have so much confidence going into these games, really because I went there and I challenged myself against the best in the world. So, and then health-wise, you know, now my knee's great and I, I'm just really happy to be here. Hello. Um... Uh, we, we talked a couple months ago about all the challenges you face in getting here. What's your mindset now that you're this close? And, and uh, you know, like everybody else, when the head of the Tokyo Organizing Committee said in the last couple of days, well, you know, I, I think we're going to have the Olympics, but wouldn't rule out canceling at this moment. How, how do you react to that? And how do you stay focused, I guess? Uh, you know, I think it's pretty easy to stay focused at this point. We have a great team here and uh, we just have a plan and we're executing it. So, Think from a mindset standpoint it's nice to be around other athletes who are in very similar situations to myself where they're gearing up for the biggest tournament of their lives and it's a um great to be in nakasago city and be able to be in an environment where we can just focus and train so i don't know if we've really had too many outside distractions our coaches are doing a pretty good job keeping us kind of sheltered and ready and prepared Hello. Hey, uh, Les Carpenter at the Washington Post. Um, some of the men had talked about the welcome that they got from this town. And I don't know, did you kind of see the same thing? Has, has this been, how has this been for you guys? They, they were talking about all the kids coming out to the streets and things. Yeah, so we've all kind of been a unit. Uh, we're staying at the same hotel, training at the same time, riding the same buses, things like that. So seeing the whole entire town, like lining the streets and waving American flags and just like cheering for us, wishing us good luck, um, even the media day that we had yesterday, um, nothing but love um, from their media. You know, we saw it on the news um, and it was just very welcoming and nice to have that love from all the way around the world. And we'll go to Zach Allen, who has a follow-up question for Helen. All right, not gonna lie, I had the same question as Les. 
Um, how's your welcome been in Japan so far? Oh, oh my gosh, it's uh, been incredible. I uh, well, I know Alan and I have experienced this before, but there is such a thing as the Olympic spirit, and it's just it's so beautiful, and it's it's such a it's such a surreal thing to get to experience, and so to come out here into the host country and into Nakatsugawa and to just see the streets like lined with people, little kids, um, elderly, and everyone's just waving, people writing signs in English, you know, so that we can understand. I mean, it's really amazing. And I think it just reminds you of what the Olympics is all about. And it's just about the world coming together um, and coming together for, for greatness. And that, that means yeah. things to different people. So uh, that's great. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Okay. You know, obviously used to uh, not being around family there in Indiana, but, uh, you know, big international competition was just curious, you know, does not having family and friends around this time, is that uh, make a big difference to you? Um, and just uh, how you're communicating with folks back home, are you trying to, you know, talk every day? Do you have time for that? Um, just curious on that, that standpoint for you. Yeah, um, you know, I was obviously like when you think of this moment, you expect your family to be around. Um, with that said, I've competed internationally without my family around for many years now. Um, and I also just think, you know, with everything it's we've been through to get to this point, to me, I'm like just giving my chance to step on the mat. You know, anything else would be an extra bonus. So I, it just doesn't seem I don't feel drawn one way or another with fans there, with my family not here, anything like that. I'm just really kind of zeroed in on stepping on the mat, taking care of business, you know, and, and anything else that comes with that is just like a little extra along the way. But um, I am talking to my family daily. They are incredible. Um, the time difference is big enough that we have some good overlap time where I can call from home and, and check in with everybody. So they're super supportive in that aspect. And uh, we're on the phone a lot. Awesome. And sorry, just a quick follow up. Um, I know, sorry for not being, you know, exactly in touch of where you guys are all staying, but you're, you're away from Tokyo, right? So you won't be uh, participating in the opening ceremonies? Correct. Yeah, we're in Nakatsugawa, which is what, maybe a few hours outside of Tokyo. Um, so we'll be here until at least myself until the 31st, and then we'll go into Tokyo. Um, I don't compete till the 6th, so about a week before. Um, but opening ceremonies obviously will have already happened. Great, thank you. Thank you. All right, we'll go over to Tamara Mensah-Stock. Sure. Yeah, I was just wondering if you could speak a little bit about the uh, the camaraderie of the of the women's team heading over. Both, I mean, going into trials, I think it was pretty pretty awesome. A lot of you guys were outspoken. I think it just uh, showed even more at trials. Can you speak a little bit about the camaraderie of the team? I'm just here so I don't get fined. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You guys are all media. You know what I'm quoting. <laughs> but um, the camaraderie is great. Like, look at this. We're laughing. We're having fun. Like, I, I love it. No matter where we're at, we, <laughs> we're, we're a team. We're a close-knit team. And I love it. I love that we can laugh and have fun and get what we need to get done. It's great. Like, we're champions inside and out. And, yeah, it's great. <laughs> All right, we'll move on quickly. <laughs> Back, Alan. Yeah. Follow up for Alan. 
<laughs> Wait, can, can, can I just say one thing that Tamir Mensa also brought team playing video games and a karaoke machine. So um, she's all about all about the team camaraderie. <laughs> that was hilarious. I, I got a kick out of that. But my question for you is uh, you won gold in Rio, but you recently joined the uh, NLWC. Uh, how has the preparation for the Olympics this time around been different since joining that, especially like with the injuries and everything? Yeah, I mean, well, you know the saying, you can't step in the same river twice. So <laughs> this uh, this quad has definitely been completely 100% different. Um, last quad, I felt like I had the whole four years to zone in. And this one, um, I was still focused. It just probably didn't, it maybe didn't look like that from the outside because I had a lot of injuries and I had a lot of things to face. But I think that um, taking care of your health, taking care of your body, taking care of yourself as a person, that will translate on the mat. And um, so it really just kind of allowed me to be the best version of myself and to have to learn to train in different ways and to listen to my body and really to just grow. So um, I'm very thankful for that. A quick follow-up. Uh, how confident are you going into these games? Very confident. I'm very confident. So it's good. I'm excited. All right, let's stay on Ellen for a second. Um, Andy Hamilton has a question, and then Chris will go to you next for Jakarta Winchester. Hey, Helen. Uh, obviously, obviously, it's easier to move forward with with success, but but when you go in knowing you're not at, at full strength in an event like like Poland, and and it's your last tune-up for the Olympic Games, you have no other choice but but to turn the page. But how how are you able to do that mentally to to get into a good spot, you know, a month month and a half later? Yeah, so my wrestling and my faith are very intertwined and I just really will kind of trust my intuition and I'll trust guidance. And I really felt like, um, you know, I, I felt like the hardest ask of myself was to go to Poland knowing where I was at and knowing that like you might show the world this this not a great version of yourself or your wrestling, but this is necessary to be prepared for where you need to be in Tokyo. And uh, I believe that I'll always, I'll always do, you know, whatever it is, whatever I need to ask of myself, I'll, I'll do it and I'll come through. So Poland was necessary. I'm so thankful that I went because a lot of stuff just got out there and it really helped me to kind of tap back into some things that I remembered about how I used to compete on the international stage. Cause really my last full international tournament was in 2017 at the world championships. So it's been a very, very long time. So it was really nice to go to Poland and just be reminded like, Oh yeah, this is what it's like in the cafeteria and around fun competition and on the bus. So, you know, it helped a lot. Hi. Uh, I was, Jakar, I wanted to ask you about, um, it sounded like uh, one of your teammates talked about um, somebody brought like a karaoke machine or video games. Or I was just curious how you guys spend your free time together, kind of building on that question, you know, with all the uh, restrictions in place, you know, obviously you're training, you're, you're trying to stay on top of nutrition, resting, everything. I was curious, Joe, when you have fun moments together, what kind of stuff do you guys get to do? Um, so a lot of people like to do their own thing, you know, like Tamara likes to sing karaoke. Um, I like to play video games. I actually hate karaoke, but I came down because I heard Tamara singing by herself <laughs> for like 20 minutes. So when you see somebody singing by themselves and I just couldn't leave her hanging. So stuff, I think stuff like that makes it fun, you know, joining in, even though you're very uncomfortable doing it, but you end up having fun anyway. Um, and I think that's what builds this team. Thanks a lot. Guys, we'll go back to CJ Matita and then we see you have a question for Adeline. 
Caroline, I know there, there's no formal, unlike gymnastics, there's no formal team competition beyond the inner, inner individual, but um, can you speak a little bit about just the, the USA mentality versus uh, the Japan women? I mean, the Japanese women, I've just had such a stronghold within the women's wrestling program um, as a at world championships at Olympics. They've just taken home so many top placing medals that it's someone we're chasing consistently and they've provided such an excellence. And I think it just has been a program that we've been able to watch and inspire to be. And they invested early and their country and the people behind them um, jumped on board and were willing to appreciate these women for their excellence. And I think it's really shown what that investment can look like. And I think our program's up to that. I think our program has had the investment and it's had the talent. And now we're in a position where these women are ready to step on a field in home soil with Japan. And I think we're gonna be able to contest with them. And so it's pretty exciting to be able to know that we were on a, a, good, a good pace on to, to be able to reach Japan and just looking forward to my team having a great performance because I really do believe we have the talent to be able to rival this group of, of Japanese women. Are you happy to kind of be out there first, set the stage? Uh, yeah, you know, I never get to compete first. So it's been something new and exciting to kind of uh, get the wheels turning and uh, make sure that we have a good good foundation headed into the rest of the games. But either way, I think I have a lot of faith in each one of these women to step on the mat and do their job. And when it comes down to it, this is an individual sport. And the only way we walk away with a team title and to feel good about how the team uh, can overcome country's great Japan is, is by each of us doing our jobs individually. Hey Adeline, uh, you've obviously competed in Japan quite a bit and in front of the fans there and women's wrestling, tremendously popular there. Your, your reaction to the announcement that there weren't going to be any fans and in the stands and, and what do you think it'll be like complete competing in a spectatorless arena? I was looking forward to the energy that was going to be in the room. I mean, obviously, when we found out our families weren't going to be there and no foreign spectators, that was a disappointment. But even just the energy of the Japanese fans is going to be just exhilarating and motivating. It's uh, they're, They really do, like Helen brought up, the Olympic spirit kind of runs deep within this respectful country. And, and the fans, I think, really bring some of that energy to cheering for the underdog and not just cheering for the Japanese athletes. Um, Obviously, there is a poll for Japanese athletes in a Japanese country. So um, that I was a, a little nervous just for that energy. You can ride that energy. I've, I've won a world championship on home soil. And so having that experience, um, I know it brings an edge. And so the fact that they're, they're not going to have that edge now, I think, is just a little bit more favor for Team USA. Um, but when it comes down to it, we still get to have the world have an experience and and of our hard work and effort of wrestling. And so I'm looking forward to people still getting to watch on TV, still having primetime spots of us getting uh, to have our finals matches seen by the entire world. And I'm just looking forward to kind of that exposure and, and people still get to cheer on women's wrestling um, and kind of further that growth. Hi, Samir. Kind of following up on that last question from Andy, um, was curious, just the lack of uh, spectators. I mean, is that something you're preparing for mentally? Um, do you, how do you feel it'll impact the environment when you're out there honestly, performing? Honestly, it, it, it doesn't phase me at all. So anytime we really go overseas, there's not a lot of fans really in the stands ever. It's mostly just the athletes 
uh, from what I can remember. So now it's basically going to be the exact same thing. So I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. Like, there's not going to be a lot of cheering. And typically when I'm cheering for my teammates, you only hear like five or six people. So yeah, it's, it's not going to fade any of it. It's going to be fine. Thanks. Good question? Last year, um, the two years, whatever you've made a weight change, you've also had so much time in between um, this, this games. What's the journey been like for you? And, and what have been some of your, your highest points and your biggest challenges you've had to overcome? Um, I think just sticking to um, a lifestyle that is like changing everything. How can you get better? Like uh, being a perfectionist is kind of hard trying to do that and kind of say like you win a world championship and you're like okay I'm the best in the world now how can I be better than that you know like just okay what can I do better because you can always learn from something and I think that just putting in the hard work and even like am I working hard enough am I doing what I need to do because there's not always there's always a point where you question like Am I doing too much? Am I overworking? And then I don't want to not put in that work because I don't want to regret not doing that. So just finding the fine line of what you need to do and how you need to do it, how you need to go about it and trusting the process and knowing that no matter what, I've done what I needed to do and I can do it again. You know, it's not something impossible to do. Hi, Sarah. Um, do you... You had the uh, simulation a couple of weeks ago in, in Indiana where you came out on top. Was just curious, you know, with the results of that, do you kind of feel like you're the woman to beat in your event? Is there any extra pressure associated with that? Or was that mostly just a confidence boost? Yeah, I mean, just that was domestically. So going into this, it, it definitely, you know, gives me some confidence just in terms of um, it's a good way to gauge where I'm at. You know, the things I'm working on in practice, they're translating into the matches. Um, so to be able to see that and have that actual competition feel before going in, uh, definitely all positives from that. Uh, I think we did a really good job of just simulating how the Olympics will actually be. Um, and, and just in terms of those nerves and navigating how that feels, uh, every time I get an opportunity to experience that and and practice that is, is definitely one that I'm going to take advantage of. Awesome. I have a, a quick follow-up question kind of um, on the topic of like journeys uh, that Taylor's been asking some of your teammates, just your journey. Uh, you started off at King University in small Bristol, uh, Tennessee. We're just curious, like when you were, you know, on the mats there in, in Bristol did you envision something like this happening one day? Was this always part of your plan? Or when did you realize like this Olympic dream uh, could really come true? Yeah, so when I was at King, I definitely had the aspirations, um, you know, to become an Olympian and go to the Olympics. Uh, and I think that was a really special thing about that room was we weren't, all the women in that room were not just training to become collegiate national champions, although that was, you know, a goal of ours. But uh really all of the women in that room wanted to do big things on the senior level. And, and the Olympics was definitely a goal of so many people in there. And, um, you know, my team, my former teammate, and she's a 
Olympian as well, Haley Algello. So we both came out of that program at the same time. Um, it just speaks to the mindset of everyone in that room. Um, but yeah, I, I, I feel like even when I was a little kid, I dreamt about the Olympics and um, it was kind of just something I always, you know, I had a big dream and goal was chasing that. Um, but I would say it did not become very real until about 2017, 2018, um, after I had dislocated my elbow. And I really kind of rededicated myself to the sport um, and decided, you know, this is to be honest with myself and reflect what it's going to take to actually commit to this instead of just it being a dream, you know, in the distance. Um, really relatively recently as to when I decided to commit to this. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. If there's no more questions for the athletes, we'll excuse them and make Terry Steiner our Olympic. All right, we'll start off with Coach Steiner now. Coach, um, just talk about the talent of this team. Obviously, Japan's been one to beat, and it looks like with this roster, we have that capability. Can you just expand on that? Yeah, I mean, we definitely have a team that, that has a lot of ability, uh, a lot of uh, um, awareness of who they are, I guess. And, and they've been here before, right? I mean, they've all been on the, not the big state, right? and maybe not, maybe not the Olympic Games, but the World Championships. And, and we've had a lot of success here with this group. And so I, I think they're feeding up each other. Um, and... What I like about if I look back on the Olympic trials moving forward, our preparation, our camps, uh, how they've gone about their daily business has been very professional. And they, they seem very uh, uh, targeted in their approach. And so I see no reason why we can't step forward and challenge Japan. I mean, Japan's not the only team here, right? There are other top teams. There's, Russia's community and China's community, the, the, the Ukraine's community, they're, they're all tough teams in the sport of women's wrestling. When I look at the team that we have and the personalities and the talent on this team, um, there's nobody that stands above us. You know, we have to go out and prove ourselves, we have to go out and compete. Um, but, um, if we have the performance that we're capable of, Coach, can you talk about the preparation at this camp in Pasadena and what that looks like for you guys, kind of the daily schedule, that kind of thing? Well, I mean, we've you know we've worked hard with with uh, our performance team uh, with the USOPC and, and our, our staff and our personal coaches. Um, so um, basically, this this camp is about um, twelve days long for some, for nine days long for the others. So we're basically in a, in a three-day rotation, a three-day cycle. So the first day coming in uh, was just kind of getting ourselves feeling good. But then on day two, um, again, and if you look at the science of it and the, the numbers that the athletes have given, on day two, five, and eight should be the days that they're feeling the best. Um, and so those days that we made, we made our hard training days. And then the days that follow um, our individual days, day three, day six, and day nine are our kind of um, individual days, a little bit less intense. And then we have a recovery day after that. So we have a hard day, uh, we have an individual day, and then we have a recovery day. And that's kind of how we're going about it. Uh, the first group that goes into Tokyo 
bigger weights, numerical, experimental stack, and everyone will go through three of those cycles. And, and the lighter weights will go through four of those cycles. But really at this point in time, you, you give to the individual needs of the athlete. So if they are, they're really feeling something different and how their body's reacting to the trip and trying to get rid of the jet lag, um, you give to those needs at this point in time. Um, we're, we're just all working together and making sure we're communicating what each of these athletes really need to, to perform at the highest level. Okay, Mark Kiesler, go ahead with your question for Coach Snyder. Coach Snyder, Mark Kiesler, Denver Post. Um, there's been a lot of debate around the world about whether these games should even take place, but what does this opportunity mean to these women athletes on your team, uh, especially given that they've waited so long for this opportunity, you know, and changed their lives and, 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 and sacrificed so much for it? Well, I, th I think at this point in their lives, it's, it's maybe one of the most important events they ever had for a lot of them. And, and so it is important. But it's not everything, but it's important, right? They, they put years of their life away, um, you know, in, in chase of this, this you know, dream and this, this accomplishment. So to not have it would, would be devastating. There's no doubt about it. But, um, you know, it's going to feel different, right? Like, like the athletes have talked about, it's going to feel different. It's going to look different. But the, the thing that we've talked about a little bit is that, that, you know, the honor is the same and the middle around your neck is going to feel the same as well. Right? And so, um, you know, whether there's people in the stands or not in the stands, um, you know, I don't think that is really the most important. People will still be watching right? and, and the rest of the world will be watching. They know what's at stake. And they know the preparation that they put in, and so um, it's an important event, and, and they're here to, you know, perform well. Success, you know, comes down to performance, and and can can they perform at the time they need to, right? And that's for right. Hey, Terry. Uh, my question is, uh, this is your fifth, uh, fifth team, your fifth Olympic team you're coaching. Uh, what makes this group special or stands out from the other uh, teams that you've coached? Well, I think just the, the, the leadership on the team, number one, I think that, you know, there's, there's veteran leaders throughout the team. I mean, they're, they, they, they've been on this stage before and, and they know what to expect and, and they know how to win and they know how to prepare. Right. And so I think that, you know, to have a full team like that, you know, before we've had certain team members that maybe were, had this kind of leadership and, and just knowledge of what this um, is all about. And now we have a full team, you know, and I feel very comfortable. I feel, feel very confident with the group we have that they can stand up with anyone out there. And, um, yeah, I feel a lot like I do when we went into the Pan Am qualifier. I felt very confident that we were going to get all weights qualified when we walked into the Pan Am Olympic Games qualifier. And I would say I feel very confident right now that uh, we, can, we can go in there and, and bring home what we want to bring home. So um, you know, I'm, I'm excited about the team. And really, that comes from just how they've gone about the business and how they're dealing with I love our preparation, how it's been, and it doesn't always translate to success, 
on competition map, but it's a good indicator for sure. That's the show today. Thankful and grateful again to hear from the Olympians before they get to compete. Um, They also sound very relaxed, very ready to go, look like they're just having a blast out there in Japan. Very awesome to hear. Um, The women's schedule in Tokyo is a little bit different. Um, They're actually only going to contest one women's weight each day, um, which is kind of weird, but that also means the women's freestyle competition runs the entire week, so that's kind of cool, I suppose. Um, They're going to run in descending order, so on Saturday night, Adeline Gray is going to go. Then Tamara Mensah-Stock on Sunday, Kayla a miracle on Monday, Helen on Tuesday, Jakar on Wednesday, and then Sarah Hildebrand will wrap it up on Thursday. If they all win, they'll go again the next day. And guys, I like their odds at winning. I think there's a very real possibility we could see all six women on the podium in Tokyo, as many as four gold medals potentially. I know that's best case scenario, very optimistic because, hey, the Olympics are tough, right? So are the world championships every year. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, I'm pretty optimistic that they're going to put on a show over in Tokyo. Um, we will be back tomorrow. Um, final interview of the week to kind of get you guys ready for the Olympic wrestling competition. We're going to hear from the Greco squad, um, and then Saturday night they'll all hit the mats and start wrestling. It's going to be a great week, and I hope you guys will follow along. The schedule is a little weird, especially for the women, um, but the wrestling is going to be fantastic. That's all we've got today, you guys. Thanks a bunch again for listening. Be sure to rate and review the show on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your shows. Follow your boy on Twitter at Cody Goodwin. Be sure to also subscribe to the Des Moines Register for stories, mailbags, analysis, videos. You're going to write a few things over over the course of the week and the Olympic wrestling competition. I want to make sure you guys don't miss a thing. You can find links to do all of that as well as other stories I've written over the summer in the show notes. Thanks again for listening, you guys. We will talk again soon.